1: What is going on, everybody, and welcome into this edition of the Unreasonable Odds podcast presented by DraftKings. He is Steve Buchanan, my co-host as usual. I am Julian Edlow. We are both from DraftKings, and if you are watching on YouTube, you see that we have brought in another fantastic guest for you this week, Joe Osborne, sports betting analyst for Odd Shark. You can find him on Twitter at J-T-F-O-Z. Joe, welcome to the show, man. What's up, boys? Another day on the, the sports bet and
2: grind. Of course, lots going on. Bit of a light day in Major League Baseball, of course, but, uh, you know, there's always plenty to bet on, isn't there? Mm.
1: I mean, that's fine, too, because I feel like baseball, the conversation right now, isn't even necessarily the day-to-day. It's everything going mm-hmm. on with these pitchers and how we can take advantage of that and what's going to change in the future. So that is stuff that we'll certainly touch on. We will be going through the NBA playoffs, which is just complete chalk like everybody had it. No surprises there.
0: (laughs) Um,
1: But first, we will start with a game of Know You Better, as we do with all of our guests uh, recently on Unreasonable Odds. So, Joe Osborne, we're going to get to know you better right now with a few quick questions. Starting off the question that I've continued to change podcast after podcast, but it is simply, I don't care if it's, you know, you don't have to give us a dollar amount, but if it's your biggest win or your highest plus odds win, what is your personal favorite win in your sports betting career? Oh, there's a few decent features wins that stand out. I had the Astros winning the
2: 2017 World Series. I was 15 to 1, so I had a nice size bet on that Uh, going into the season. A really weird features one, like one of the the funner wins that I've ever had. uh, The 2020 NBA All-Star Game, I took Kawhi Leonard 15 to 1 to win the MVP, and I did that based on the previous year's All-Star game. He, I don't think he passed the ball once. Whenever he had the ball, he shot it. So I said, you know, he's going to have an opportunity to rack up a ton of points. So, uh, you know, that was kind of a fun hit at 15 to 1. And I have a tendency to go on some wild runs. I have a couple of these a year, and it's, you know, as a better, of course, when you're on a winning streak. It's fantastic. Uh, This past NFL season, I went 25-1 and on six-point teasers. And I love these NBA player props. At one point during the NBA season, I was on a run uh, player point total props, 19-2. and And, uh, you know, those are very
1: fun times, right? So you and I bet very – first of all, I love the analysis on betting all-star MVP by just watching the last all-star game Mm -hmm. and looking for (laughs) the That's heavy-hitting stuff right there. <laughs> um number two, uh you and I do a couple of things very similarly in which case, and I turned Steve onto this. he d- he didn't know this. he wasn't a six point teaser guy in the NFL. Never have to do teasers. I mean the run you went on that that's ridiculous, but six point teasers are are where it is at in the NFL. Don't tease basketball games four points. Oh, Don't do that. No, that's no. very dumb, but the six points in football is uh is the way to go. And then the player props in the NBA. I, I just try and rack up the, the cheap wins and wait for injury news to hit. It's not as much there in the postseason, but in the regular season, so-and-so is out. Load management's everywhere. You got to be quick, get those props in, take advantage. Um, so I, I, I like all that. Now, unfortunately, we have to uh, turn the tables here. The worst bad beat you have suffered.
2: Yeah, well, this one's personal to me. And I've had a lot of bad beats recently, you know, uh, shots going in at the end of a quarter to, uh, you know, for a first quarter over or under or team covering the spread. You know, I, I bet a lot of first five in baseball. So I've had a lot of two outs in the bottom of five, and the team getting like a clutch home run or something just to uh, burn my ticket. But this one's personal to me. was like, a couple of years ago, it was Sunday night baseball. It was Cubs and Nationals. And it was uh, Max Scherzer. Going at, up against uh, Hendricks, I think, at uh, at Wrigley Field. And it's just a game I want to get some action in on. And, you know, I did my handicapping, and I felt quite strongly about the Nationals. And you were getting great odds on Scherzer. He was like, hey, small.
1: Steve you, know, Steve, you know where this is going, right? I exactly know where this okay. is going. Yep, Steve. keep going, Joe. Lloyd, right, are you a Cubs fan? No, I'll I'll tell you after. Okay. okay. Go
0: ahead (laughs)
2: first. (laughs) So anyhow, uh, you know, I'm watching the game and the the Nationals build up a lead of a couple runs here and Scherzer is, you know, in his absolute, you know, prime, just dealing. And uh, I'm laying on the couch just having a very relaxing night and, you know, feeling pretty damn good. Okay, this (laughs) bet's going to win. And I, I fall asleep on the couch. So this is what makes it a really bad beat. So I fall asleep on the couch feeling very comfortable. And then, you know, I wake up and all of a sudden the crowd is cheering and I'm like, what the hell is going on here? And David Bodie is rounding the bases he had I think it was, I think it was a grand slam in the bottom of the ninth, the game winning, Correct. you know, the Cubs weren't in this game at all. The Nationals were winning 95% of the time and David Bodie of all people hits his walk-off. So like, like, and when you have a bad beat like that, you know, it can really impact your sleep at night. So that's one of these things that stuck with me. I thought I was having a really comfortable Sunday evening and you just wake up and it's the first thing you think of too. Like, what the hell was that last night? So that's something that's kind of personal to me because I fell asleep and I woke up to it. And then you kind of, you look at the box score. I think there was a, I think it was a full counter. He had two strikes and he felled off a couple. Maybe there's a couple of close ones in there that should have been called for strikes.
1: But, yeah, that was an absolute disaster. I didn't sleep very well that night. All right. So this is a new-ish game that we play on the podcast. We've probably played it five or six times. That's the second time we've second gotten that
0: answer.
1: Second time! way! <laughs> oh, hey. Scott, okay. Scott Seidenberg. Scott's on air. Um, David Pote. sizable, sizable bet on uh, the Nationals mm-hmm. in that one and suffered the same bad beat uh, <laughs> as many have. That was rough, man. Yeah, that was rough. <laughs>
0: That is absolutely amazing that we have gotten the same story twice already. <laughs> that 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 might have to go down as like one of the ultimate bad beats if we're getting this story more than once already.
1: <laughs> Scott Scott actually stayed up for it. So I don't know if it's better or worse to be awake or asleep for it.
0: I think asleep. <laughs> asleep because you wake up and you're trying to comprehend what you're seeing too, especially when it's David freaking Bodie.
2: Yeah, everyone <laughs> losing their mind at Wrigley Field. That was rough. <laughs>
1: Um, all right. So like you mentioned, six point teasers in football, player props in the NBA. Um, you guys at Odd Shark put out a great report on on first quarters, first halves, first fives in MLB. Um, whether it's one of those or not, what are kind of your favorite spots or your your single favorite spot? If there's one that you like the most that you want to circle, that's what you're going after. What is it?
2: I, I like the six-point teasers in the NFL. I love looking for spots where you can take advantage of. There are certain teams who just thrive in that situation. Uh, like, I think the, the Buffalo Bills might have finished their season out at like, 16-2 and two, uh, with the six points added to their spread. And you know, I like playing them on totals, too. Some people really don't. Like, sometimes if you're in a situation when you're boxed in on, like, a Thursday night football game, And it's like there's only one game you can only make one pick and it's like you know what i kind of like the under here and i kind of like the underdog so maybe let's tease those up and i've had pretty good success with same game teasers a lot of sharp bettors out there aren't really big into teasing totals but i have found success with it and i like first five betting in baseball it's uh it simplifies the handicapping process it makes it easier like if you're handicapping entire board of major league baseball takes a long time I usually start the night before. I go through every game. Starters, uh, okay, how does this team do versus righties? How do they do versus lefties? How is the recent form on the starter? Then you got to look into the bullpen. And if you eliminate the bullpen, you know, it kind of takes a pretty big chunk out of the game. So it simplifies the handicapping process. So I do like that quite a bit. And I, I look at everything on the board, guys. I like a lot of strikeout props, too. I find that can be a bit of a simple handicap as well. You know, if it's a left-handed starter on the man, okay, how does this team perform versus lefties? What's their strikeout percentage versus lefties? Their on-base percentage. Um, so, yeah, I, I look at everything on the board, but those would be the ones that stand out to me.
1: All right. I like it. Yeah. Um... And this kind of this kind of ties into the same thing. So maybe the answer is betting full game MLB. But like, what are some of your your biggest red flags when you see something you're like, I'm not I'm not going to bet this spot. I can't bring myself to do it.
2: Uh, well, w- when you see like uh, like say just hypothetically, you're like, okay, I like the Blue Jays in this spot quite a bit tonight. I am a Blue Jays fan, by the way. I just happened to wear the shirt. But if you're like, hey, I like the Blue Jays in this spot tonight. And then you look down and you see like, oh, my God, over the last two weeks, their bullpen has a 650 ERA and a fifth in the fives, you know, and that is a definite red flag. So in that situation, I just always look to bet first five in a situation like that. And, you know, there are situations with NBA player prop betting. I try to stay away from games where there's a double digit spread for the simple reason, especially if you're like an over. Because everyone, everyone out there who bets NBA player props has been burned by, okay, this team's up by 18 going into the fourth quarter. I have Luca going over his 28 and a half points. He's there at 27, but guess what? He's not coming back into the game. (laughs) I do try to stay away from those games with double-digit spreads, you know, games versus teams, like like the Cavaliers. Like, they have had a ridiculous amount of 20-point losses this past season. So, yeah, those would stand out as definite red flags to me as well.
1: I feel you there. I had a Tyler Hero point prop shorthanded Miami Heat game this year. I think it was against the 76ers, whatever it was, 16 and a half, 17 and a half. Call it 16 and a half. He had the 16 in the first half, went scoreless in the third quarter, didn't play the fourth quarter in a blowout. Those are the worst. Those so are I can tough. relate to that.
2: Those are tough watches. I had Reggie Jackson going over 19 and a half the other night there. And he was at, I think, 19, uh, you know, with eight minutes left in the game and probably only took
1: three more shots or rest of the way. didn't get one in um all right and we'll wrap with this one just uh the the best advice that you can provide for a a new sports better somebody just getting into it
2: well you know there's the basic stuff responsible gambling and stuff don't bet more than you can afford to lose that's pretty much common sense i think but one thing that I would like to point out, and it relates to exactly what we are just talking to, player prop betting. Player prop betting is getting very popular because I think uh, it kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with fantasy sports. A lot of people like fantasy, obviously. But if you log on to Twitter right now and people giving out picks, probably 90% of people, when they're giving out a player prop, it's an over bet. So I would like to recommend to people to keep an eye out for spots where you can bet an under on a player prop for whatever sport it might be. For the simple reason, like using the NBA as an example, I've gotten burned so badly on so many over bets because of a blowout, a player getting into foul trouble, a guy getting ejected, a guy getting injured. You see situations like that all the time. You get absolutely burned. Same as strikeout props in Major League Baseball. If they're pitching in a National League park and the pitchers do up in the batting order, maybe he's only 75 pitches into the game. And it's his turn up in the batting order, and it's a tight game. Well, guess what? We're going to yank it because we want to put a uh, pinch hitter in. And you get absolutely burned by that. So you do get burned more often on overs, I I find, than unders. I still bet plenty of of overs, but I, I like to keep the eye out for good spots to grab an under.
0: All right, so let's get into some of the plays that we're going to be going on over the next few days. We'll start off with the NBA tonight. Suns at Clippers. Suns winning two games on the road, and we're able to steal that game, uh, mm-hmm. game two against the Clippers, despite them dropping 32 points in the fourth quarter. Ended up winning 104 mm-hmm. to 103. This game's essentially a pick'em with the Suns slightly favored in this one. 117 on the money line over on the DraftKings Sportsbook. So, Joe, what are your thoughts on this game tonight with this being so closely uh, contested? It, and can the Clippers start to turn this game around um, uh, at home tonight?
2: Well, it's it's starting to look like a sweep, isn't it? But we saw in the previous two series for the Clippers, they really turned it on starting in game three of those series. You know, they won uh, games through three through six versus the Jazz, and then they won uh, four of the final five games of the series versus the Mavericks. That said, Chris Paul's coming back, you know. So Phoenix is arguably getting their best – player back and close game so far but phoenix you know maybe it is just their time they've won nine straight games now guys so um and it doesn't look like Kawhi's coming back either why would he come back if the clippers lose this game tonight and they go down 3-0 in the series so you know it's all about the suns it probably seems i think everyone in the world is on the suns here at this number especially with chris paul coming back that said though you do see these situations where like a key player comes in or leaves this time last week, it looked like uh, Utah's path was really opening up when Kawhi went down. And then for some reason, the Clippers got better when Kawhi left, right? <laughs> so a bit of a tricky one to figure out, but you know, that absolutely looks like the Sun series to lose. And it started to look like a sweep here as well.
1: So, Like you said there, Joe, here's an update from DraftKings Sportsbook. This is at 11.26 a.m., so about an hour prior to us recording this. 68% of the bets, 75% of the handle on the Suns spread. 56% of the bets, 60% of the handle on the Suns money line. Um, So the money is there on on Phoenix, and that's, I don't know, maybe a little concerning. But So this goes one of two ways. Like you said, the Clippers, they've been down 0-2 two times, and one game three, and obviously the series, both of those those other times leading into this. So this has kind of been the turning point for the Clippers. Um, but we were just here in that Nuggets-Sun series in the same spot, and it kind of felt, you know, is the, this is going to be where the Nuggets turn this series around, mm-hmm. and it didn't happen. So I kind of believe in, you know, the Sun's dominance a little more right now to dictate this series than I do on the shorthanded Clippers' ability to flip it. Um, if that makes sense so the spark of getting Chris Paul back the confidence that campaign who was ridiculous in those first two games should be able to provide you as now a third guard off the bench um, and and no Kawhi the longer there's no Kawhi the more this favors Phoenix obviously and those depth issues uh, Morris has the knee banged up he's just kind of jacking shots up it just feels to me kind of more like the Nuggets Sun series than these previous Clippers series where it's going to turn around. So I'm on Phoenix. Um, Suns in four, obviously, is everyone's hot take these days. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, give me give me the Suns money line uh, as it pertains to game three. Yeah, I mean, the, the games have been tight. It should be tied up 1-1 right now, but the Suns
2: throughout like the course of the playoffs have been fantastic in the fourth quarter. That's been the big difference for them. And, you know, I would say if Chris Paul wasn't coming back, the Clippers would still very much be in this series based on what we saw in the previous two series where they did lose the first two games in those series as well. But, you know, Paul is, what, a top 15 player in the NBA easily? Pretty big difference finished maker. fifth in MVP voting. Yeah, pretty big difference maker on uh, both sides of the court there. So uh, it, it looks obvious. And when it looks as obvious, you know, that doesn't always work out, as we know as sports betters, right? But it's hard to go against the Suns. Uh, they've just been dominant uh, in the playoffs here so far.
1: I'll just – one one last thing, Steve, on this is, like, I, I would want the Suns even more. I'm, I'm betting the Suns. I like the Suns. I would like them even more if this was 1-1 like it should be and it was kind of the bounce-back spot where mm. they needed a little more. Yeah. Um, but like the refs in some ways, um, and the Clippers, like they were kind of gift wrapped that game and, and gave it away. So I, I don't know if they're going to be handed that type of opportunity again, even though I, I would like it a little more if it was one-to-one.
2: Yeah. They choked a little bit. I mean, uh, playoff P showed up again at, at the playoff end of that game. certainly showed up. Of course. So yeah, I, I just don't think that the Clippers have enough here to, uh, contend with the Suns team.
0: Let's take a look at the other series that is going on right now with the, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the, um, the Hawks and the Bucks. Bucks are home again for this one. Obviously, the Hawks have just been playing on a whole different level, especially Trey Young. Just what we've been seeing from Trey Young has just been absolutely extraordinary here in the playoffs so far. So the uh, Bucks are seven and a half point favorites in this one at home. Need to get a win to even up this series here. Uh, what are your thoughts about that one as well?
2: Yeah, I think it's too many points. I thought it was too many points last night, too. I was shocked to see that go all the way up to eight and a half. Uh, Recently, I'm a, a stat-based handicapper. If you look at all the key stats going into that game from the playoffs so far, it was pretty much dead even with uh, the Hawks actually coming out ahead in a few key areas. And that said, I think the Hawks have played this different competition uh, leading up to this series in the playoffs, considering... The Bucs went up against uh, the big one and a half of the Brooklyn Nets instead of the big three, right? So they got a really good break there. So I thought that was too many points last night. And it was one of those situations where it looked like a, a, a square dog, right? With with the Hawks, I think a lot of action was on them on that number. I try not to pay too much attention to that stuff, but I'll be on the Hawks again here too at seven and a half. Anything outside of five points for the Hawks, i would like, look at the Bucks shooting. In the, in the playoffs it's a dramatic drop off, especially the three point shooting from their averages during the regular season, the Hawks have been great in the fourth quarter here in the playoffs so far. Um, a couple little tidbits though for you guys, so I'm a big first quarter first half better. Um, I'll back a trend if we have the stats to back it up and there's a couple of huge trends here for these teams. Uh so first quarter and first half unders have been massive for each of these teams in the playoffs so far. They combined to go under the first half total 20 times in 25 playoff games. And they've gone under the first quarter total 19 times with one push. So a uh, big money maker there so far. So I'll probably look to uh, back those spots here in game
1: two as well. 80% right there. So that seems to yeah. be seems to be working. <laughs> um Man, the Hawks just keep blowing my mind. Every time you think they're in over their head, uh, they pull it out. And they have been going against some of the worst coaching we have seen in the postseason in terms of Doc Rivers and uh, Coach Bud in Milwaukee. So I I don't want to take credit away from Atlanta, but they're certainly, they're better coached and they're taking advantage of the coaching mismatches. Um, And that's just played out on the floor. There's no other way to really Describe that, right? Yeah. The Hawks are 36 and 15 since Nate McMillan took over as head coach. Pretty big. We know. We know.
2: We had under 37 and a half wins. (laughs) Yeah. Difference maker right there, right? So, um, and the frustrating thing about the Bucs is you thought coming out of that game seven, where it was maybe like, okay, they finally got over the hump and they kind of, uh, you you know, the the playoff uh, demons that they had in years past, maybe they got through that after winning this huge series, but then they come out a little flat last night, right? Chris Middleton stunk again, you know, that guy's super unreliable, so who knows what we're going to see here, but I think that they do even it up at 1-1. I would be shocked to see the Hawks win both of those games, but I think the Hawks can at least keep it close.
1: So this is one of those spots, I know you're a first quarter, first half better, and Mm. I don't know if the trends... I haven't even I haven't even looked and I don't know if I will. I don't know if the trends back this or not, but this is a spot where at home Milwaukee comes out with a little bit more here, I think. So, you know, a seven and a half spread, I think these are what, like two, two and a half first quarters. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm looking at I I can't do it for the game. I I can't back the Bucks at, at this point, although I'm with you. I'd be shocked if they lost. Give me the yeah. Bucks first quarter on on this spread coming up in game two. I think they come out with a little bit of of urgency here, as they usually do. And then Coach Bud will mess something up later.
2: He'll do what he does. Yeah. And we kind of saw that in the previous series a little bit. We saw the the Hawks fall into a bit of a hole early on. Right. And we saw the 76ers jump into some pretty big leads there in the first quarter. The Bucs were also pretty good in the first quarter versus the Nets. So, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked to see them up by at least three, four points there at the end of the first quarter.
1: Right. And the the Sixers are another decent first quarter team, especially at home, especially off a loss um, and a poorly coached team that can collapse later in games. So I think it's a pretty similar uh, handicap here to the Sixers losing game one and they blew doors in game two early. The Hawks came back and the Sixers eventually won the game. I could see a pretty similar game here um, just with a different team.
0: So I'm looking at the series line for this one here, and obviously you guys may have shown your hand already here. But the Hawks to win the series are still plus money; you can get plus 170 on that, where the Bucks are minus 210. Now, similarly, in the other series with the Clippers and Suns, the Suns are minus 910 favorites to win the series, up two nothing already. Do you think there's any value in taking that plus 170 line? Because if the Hawks do win that game tomorrow, they have that commanding two nothing lead, and you're likely not going to see that plus money again unless, obviously, this series starts to shift again. So is this the last opportunity to get that series line on the Hawks, or do you feel like that that number is still not good enough?
2: I think it's a pretty good number for the Hawks. I, I don't mind that at all. Like, we've seen the Bucks collapse in the playoffs before, right? And they're already down one game. Now each team has three home games left. And we can't. Sometimes we make a mistake of judging a team too harshly based on what their seeding is going into the playoffs. We're seeing that in the NHL a little bit right now. With the Montreal Canadiens, right? They've been an underdog in every game against Las Vegas. But uh, like we said, thirty-six and fifteen since Nate McMillan came over. What's the box record in that span? I'm not really sure. It's probably you know in the same ballpark as that. But you know, I think the teams are pretty evenly matched. And in the fourth quarter, I think I trust Trey Young more than any other player in that series. So. Plus 170, not a a bad number at all.
1: One other series-wise thing um, that DK Sportsbook allows you to do that I like a lot is just the game spreads. So like the Suns minus two and a half games. So that gives you the sweep or Suns and five leaves both options open rather than having to bet both exact results and losing a bet and winning a bet or losing both Mm -hmm. bets if it doesn't work out. Suns minus two and a half games. It's minus 159. It's a little juicy, um, but you at least get the Clippers to, to split here and you can close it out at home. If we don't get the sweep there um, in the other series, you can still get the Hawks plus one and a half games at minus 162. It gives you a little room for the talent to potentially prevail in mm-hmm. with Milwaukee, uh, but Atlanta to still, still make it a series. So if you don't want to, you know, the prices are pretty, ridiculous especially in Phoenix LA so like if you don't want to get involved there there are, are you know other ways to to bet the series
2: yeah I don't mind that at all like I said I don't think Kawhi is coming back especially if the Clippers lose tonight why would he so uh the Suns are getting their best player back the Clippers aren't so yeah uh, Suns and five that's not a bad number either all
0: right let's switch over to MLB because the big storyline going on right now is the substance are you using? Are you not? Obviously, we've seen both sides of the spectrum. Shohei Otani, very polite about having him checked, whereas yeah. Max Scherzer and Sergio Romo want nothing to do with it and are ready to derobe on the field in front of thousands and thousands of people. Mm-hmm. So this kind of – we've been talking about this over the past few weeks, and I want to get your opinion too about how do we tackle this as, as betters. And one of the things that I have been looking at is like with Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole, two starts ago mm-hmm. against your Blue Jays, only struck out I think it was three – through eight innings and then followed that up with a start the other day against the Royals, the over under on Garrett Cole's strikeout prop for that game against the Royals was seven and a half. Mm-hmm. Went up, so I looked went up I, to
1: eight and a half by the time the first pitch, oh, wow. which,
0: which was amazing. So I look at the So I, you know, like you always look at all these numbers and I look at the K rate against righties that these two teams had going into that star joke, both Toronto and Kansas city, had the exact same K rate, 22.1%, which is amongst the lowest in the league. Mm-hmm. So I look at someone like Garrett Cole, whose spin rate has dropped dramatically, still can't remember if he's using the spider tack or not. He just can't figure it out. And I'm getting huge plus money odds on the under on his K problem. Mm-hmm. Is this something that we have to look towards moving forward? Or is this just a too small of a sample, too hard of a matchup, and we shouldn't be looking at stuff like that?
2: Well, this is a small sample and it's all we have to work with. And unfortunately I do think it is a bit challenging for sports betters here because it truly is a case by case situation where we don't know who was using, uh, you know, the most adhesive of this sticky stuff. <laughs> we don't know who's going to be able to, to make adjustments based on that because some guys haven't really been impacted at all. I guess, uh, Trevor Bauer's spin rates were down quite a bit, but he yeah. still racked up a, a good strikeout number versus San Diego last night, I believe. So it is, okay, you have to look at each player individually, and, uh, you know, th- th- that can be a lot of work. But Garrett Cole, that's the one I was going to point out to as well. You know, he's kind of been the face of this after that disaster of a press conference <laughs> that he had, and then he saw his strikeout numbers drop dramatically here. Yeah. Six versus the Royals there. So, yeah, you absolutely have to keep this in mind. I tend to like betting unders on strikeout props more anyways, just because I talked about that bad beats, you know, the pitchers getting yanked in a National League park and stuff like that. But, yeah, it it is unfortunately a case-by-case thing. And, you know, Sportsbooks, DraftKings isn't giving away money. They make adjustments on these very quickly. But there are a few sneaky spots, you know. you got to pay very close attention, but you can absolutely find them.
1: I mean – I'll just say real quick, Steve, I mean, Steve's the baseball guy here. I'm the basketball guy, but I've been saying the Garrett Cole unders. We said this on the podcast last week and you and we had Sam on last week, um, Sam Paniadovich of Nesson. And he, you guys were telling me you guys were more interested in betting the the overs in games. And I was like, give me some strikeout unders on these, the the, the faces of the sticky stuff. (laughs) Um, So Cole unders for me are like the thing that I'm going to be, yeah. tracking and the most interested in moving forward because so far it's been you know he's been getting like halfway there in his last two starts so well it's, right.
2: it'll be interesting to see the adjustments that they make though you know because you come right. out some days you're like oh i'm gonna look to fade this guy today and then you're like his numbers are five and a half what's going on here <laughs> right. so <you> know, <laughs> right. i wouldn't be surprised if they pit betters in a you know a tricky situation and uh they're not gonna make it easy for us right so um, yeah, it will be very interesting to see what his number is at uh, his next turn through the rotation here.
0: So one thing I'm also interested in, and Julian just kind of alluded to this, is, you know, betting more overs on these game totals. Because we've been seeing, and, and again, we're talking about a small sample size here. Over mm-hmm. the course of the season, the over has been hitting just slightly above the under. It's basically been a coin flip, almost 50-50 at mm-hmm. this point. They started really hammering down on the, on the substance stuff on, on June 21st. so we got about three, I'm sorry, two days under our belts thus far. But a lot of teams were telling their pitchers to start going without this because you need to be almost kind of ready for this. Over the past week now, the over has been hitting at about almost 5% higher. Now, oh, wow. there's a couple of things to think about here. A, we're getting into hotter weather. So obviously that comes into terms for hitting as well. So is this more, do you think about unfortunate timing because we're getting into that hot and humid weather? Or do you think that this might actually be because of the substance abuse? Because I look at a number like, you know, 4.5%, the hitting over the past week. And I'm like, that's a good chunk of change if you're talking from a betting perspective. So is again, is this more of a too small of a sample or is this what we could start seeing moving forward?
2: Well, I don't think it's a coincidence, right? Uh, you know, it'd be too convenient for it to be this big of a coincidence. And, you know, maybe the warmer weather has a little bit to do with it. But you would have assumed that maybe there would have been a minor adjustment right away from sports. Yeah. Books, and I think that they will make a bigger adjustment here going forward based on this. Like I said, uh, not in business. They're giving out free money, right? So, uh <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't think it's any coincidence whatsoever. I would be very curious to see uh, the performances of some bullpens out there because, you know, yeah. we, we tend just to look at the, the starting pitchers. But, you know, there's guys coming out of the bullpen pitching an inning or two that were definitely using the, uh, what is it, spider tact or whatever yep. <laughs> they were calling it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think it's a coincidence at all.
0: Yeah, because, like, I look at the board today, and we got two games that are over, you know, 10 and uh, ten runs on the board, and neither of them are in Coors Field. One of them is in Cincinnati with the Braves. The other one is in Buffalo with the Blue Jays, with yeah. the Orioles and Blue Jays going tonight. Obviously, you know, Anthony K doesn't help the matters there, so there's probably that. <laughs> but, obviously, you know, there's some big totals already on the board. So, it, it's odd because, like, especially, like, with Coors Field. I think you can expect a lot of unders in Coors Field in the beginning because it's just Mm -hmm. raw, nasty weather. But people just see Coors Field and go, oh, you got to bet the over. It's Coors Field. But it really starts to kind of, you know, level out once the summer comes because then the ball is really flying at that point. So I think it is kind of a mix of of both factors here. But like you said, it's awfully convenient that, you know, here we are sitting at June 24th and we're seeing such a bump in the overs uh, so far on the year.
2: Yeah, I like those first five unders at Coors Field. It's funny that you brought that up because I think the casual better out there, like whenever you put out like some type of an under bet or something like that for a game in Colorado, they're like, but it's Coors Field. Right. It's like, well, if you're going to use that logic, just take the over in every single game at Coors Field. And that's one of those other casual better things that drives yep. me nuts. Uh, you make a bet uh, something at Wrigley Field, and they're like, "Well, the wind is blowing in, Joe." <laughs> <laughs> that's a kind of four and the total guys. like, come on, you're, you're not the only one with access to uh, theweathernetwork.com. Like, don't have, like it's right. just uh, big inside information. So yeah, that's another thing for people to keep in mind.
1: Hey man, I all you gotta those, do. I love the cores if it's the right <laughs> pitching matchup. Those first five unders, you can get yeah. six and a half, seven, seven and a half yep. in the right spots. That's a lot of first five uh, inning runs, no matter where well, you
0: Absolutely, absolutely too, because even if you have someone like an ace, you know, other than Jacob DeGrom, you're still getting at least five and a half on those totals. So you're accounting for, you know, if, if, if an ace is going up against the Royals, excuse me, the Rockies, you have to have the majority of those runs come from the other team then, and that's not a guarantee at all. So, but, you know, like I was saying, if anybody has a Twitter account, Joe, they're automatically a gambling expert. So you have to take into all that consideration <laughs> as yeah. well. Um, any other thoughts on any of this MLB stuff that you have personally, or is it we kind of cover the bases on that? Uh,
2: I, I think we covered it. One thing that I would like to share with people though is, uh, a lot of people, you know, th- there's different views on run line betting out there. And I go back and forth between, you know, is it worth it? Is it not? There's some teams that absolutely thrive as a run line bet right now. The Houston Astros have been yep. dynamite. They won 10 straight. They covered a run line in nine of those games and a lot of people like they they'll see like the yankees as a big favorite no i don't want to i'm just not going to touch that game i'll look away the yankees were the best run line bet in baseball the most profitable run line bet in baseball last year so don't get it in your head like this is a square bet i think people can get themselves in trouble when they start thinking with that if you have the numbers to back it up where there's gigantic edges all over the field like the astros had in their series against uh, baltimore They absolutely destroyed them. Now they're going into a series with the Detroit Tigers. Jose Urena on the mound tonight. This guy's allowed 14 runs in his last two starts. So the Astros there, and a thing to keep in mind with the Astros, uh, 86.9% of their run or wins are by two or more runs. So a very profitable team on the run line here. So that's uh, another spot for people to keep on their radars.
0: Real quick, do you know who is the top team on the run line overall this season? Uh, you, uh bear with me here the, the most profitable like is
2: knows the san video. francisco giants up isn't about, that amazing <laughs> up, up about 20 units they're the best first five innings back too so so far this season right. uh the rays are up about 12 units the astros up about 11 and a half units so you know you see these situations and some you know people see the big favorite sometimes and no next what's the next game You know, there's there's money to be made in these spots. And you you have situations where you have these stinky teams like the Orioles. The Orioles are going to win 50 games this season. They're going to be an underdog in a big chunk of those. That's what happens in baseball. 162 games, weird things happen, you know. The Mets aren't going to win every single game Jacob DeGrom starts. So, uh, yeah, don't be scared off of those spots would be a recommendation of mine.
0: And, Julian, just to let you know, fourth on the run line is the Seattle Mariners, your future AL West champions, just so, just to let you know.
1: <laughs> That's great that they're fourth on the run line, but I need them to actually win the division at plus
0: 4,000, which is a, a, a tall ask. Um, hey, man, I, I, they, they still got a chance. The, the thing is, Joe, I, I made this bet that the Mariners are going to win the division at 33-1, to 1, so I am okay. just hammering that home until it's done. I didn't think it was going to win, but they started a surprise in April, and now they're starting to kind of –
2: yeah, Literally. I thought maybe we'd see a bit of regression there from Oakland, but that hasn't been the case. And uh, the these young guys coming up for the Astros, you know, having breakout seasons, uh, Luis Garcia on the man for them tonight. Uh, yeah. A couple of other guys really showing up for, for one of the better offenses in the league here too. So they're not going anywhere anytime soon.
0: All right, real quick, and this will Hold wrap on. up the before, show. Go ahead. Before
1: we get out, before we finish MLB, you're bragging on Twitter. You won like a million baseball bets in a row. You're not even going to give a play? Myself? Uh, I, no, I know, no, 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 no. Tim, not you, Joe. Steve. Steve, <laughs> Steve, what was it, 11 in a row or something? Starts skipping in a meetings Wait, I mean, over at DraftKings, not even showing up to work because he wins a few bets. <laughs> <laughs> give us a Thursday winner.
0: Uh, I mean, I, I love Luis Garcia tonight. I actually, I think that's, a, that, I mean, uh, obviously. it's Copy a and paste from Joe. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, I mean, if that's the play, that's the play. I mean, I'm sorry if that's the play, but tune in can in 24. I'll give you a full breakdown later today. Let's just wrap up the, um, the, the segment with NFL uh, just real quickly here. Uh, Joe, is there any futures bets that you're really kind of digging so far? Obviously we're still a couple of months away. Lots can change here. I really like, Uh, Kyle Pitts to win offensive rookie of the year, eight to one. I think those odds are still a little bit too long, but after the Julio Jones trade, obviously there's going to be a massive shift in that offense. You know, obviously Julio is, you know, hard to be on the field with his injury issues, but you know, now when it's just basically Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts, or they're basically saying is more of a wide receiver than a tight end. I kind of like the odds on that at eight to one. Uh, And this can be anything. It doesn't have to be that category, but anything that's kind of caught your eye so far for an NFL future.
2: Well, kind of related to that, a team that I am down on coming into the season is the Tennessee Titans. Oh, okay. Win total at nine and a half. You know, I don't see them making the playoffs, so I, I will go under that nine and a half. Wow. You know, people tend to overreact to these skilled players joining yeah. the team, right? And people do that with their betting, too. Like, injuries across the offensive line are more important than the second wide receiver not being there to play for a team. And, and Julio Jones, I think that it, his best days are probably behind him. When he's on the field, he's going to show up. and he is an absolute problem. But the thing to keep in mind with this Tennessee team is their defense absolutely stunk last season, and they didn't really do a whole lot to address it. And they did lose their offensive coordinator who uh, took the head yeah. coaching job with Atlanta. I think that's a big deal too. He likely had a lot to do with breathing new life into the career of Ryan Tannehill. So I can see that team taking a step back. Now, one team I'm really high on for the first time ever in the history of my life, I usually make fun of this team and their fans can't stand me on social media, but I like the Cleveland Browns quite a bit coming into the season. I thought their defense got even better. I like that they built that experience in the playoffs. You know, they probably should have won that game versus Kansas City. They did get a big W versus Pittsburgh, though. So uh, a pretty good experience in the playoffs versus – or with Baker Mayfield. And I like the head coach, too, Kevin Stavansky. I wasn't too sure about him coming over from Minnesota, but I I like the attitude and the mentality he built in that team where we're looking to go 1-0 and this week. That's our only goal. We're looking (laughs) to win a game – so my, my favorite long shot bet right now, um, it's kind of related to how I think that the Titans are going to be a disappointment. I don't mind the Jacksonville Jaguars 7-1 to to win that division. That's not a great division. Of course, we know the Houston Texans are the worst team in the league. Uh, <laughs> Carson Wentz, is he just going to be good again? I, I don't know about that. You know He has some of the worst decision-making that I've ever seen at the quarterback position. And we know what's going on with Jacksonville, completely rebuilt roster, completely rebuilt coaching staff, Urban Meyer, uh, pretty good reputation. And I know the college guy coming over to the NFL hasn't always worked out. And if Trevor Lawrence is a real deal, like we've known for what, a year and a half now, it's not longer that he was going to be the number one guy off the board in the 2021 NFL, NFL draft. He's a real deal. He's going to be in the top half quarterbacks in the NFL. So I think he's a difference maker. Um, I like the over six and a half wins. I don't mind that for Jacksonville, but I do think that they could surprise some people.
0: The only thing I worry about with Carson Wentz with with the Colts is that he's actually going to have some protection for I've a change because when he's yeah. under pressure, he legitimately has some of the worst offensive numbers amongst all quarterbacks in the league. So that's going to be, I think, some of the difference. I totally agree with your decision-making, but like I always think about is that decision-making because he's constantly under pressure. He's not going to do that. That's not going to happen over with Indy.
2: Yeah, and he did have his success early in his career with that head coach, right? So, you know, there is a good argument made, to be made for him bouncing back. And they do make, probably have the best offensive line in the league and the pretty good at weapons there as well. But like I said, Jacksonville, a long shot, 7-1, to one, I do yeah. think that they will improve. And if Lawrence is the real deal, that alone will be worth a few wins for them, I think.
1: I think that's this is the only the second week I think we've asked guests for an NFL future and we're two for two on uh, the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, being the team that everyone's talking up. So. I like the man.
2: I mean, they got a ton of weapons on offense, a
1: great one-two punch at running back. Uh,
2: Baker Mayfield is not elite by any means. I don't even know if he's in the top half of the league in quarterbacks, but he doesn't make as many mistakes, and he just can't kill them. He can't lose games for them, right? He's got to be a bit more of a a game manager. Um, Odell Beckham, who knows what that situation is going to be like uh, you know he's at the tail end of his prime here it's now or never for that guy so you know he should be coming out firing here so yeah Cleveland I think Pittsburgh to take a step down in that uh, division I don't think Cincinnati's ready to be good yet Baltimore should be right there with them competing but yeah I could see the brands making uh, a little bit of noise here
1: all right, I like it. Um, really quick before we get out of here, I do want to give one football future and I want to give it to the loyal listeners of the Unreasonable Odds podcast first. Before my article comes out, whether it's Friday, Monday, next week. You heard it here first and you got time to get it. This one's gonna move over the summer. And DK Sportsbook, I think, is the only place that you can bet this. We're going to college football, um, oh. where you can parlay some futures and I have not seen anywhere else you can parlay these two, and I have not seen prices as good as DK Sportsbook has on either of these two. Division winner, Alabama to win the SEC West. Don't even need them to win the whole SEC. Just win their division and play in the SEC championship game in Atlanta. Alabama is machine-like, and they will be just fine (laughs) this year. That is minus 265. I've seen that at minus 450, minus 500 other places. To reach conference final is another tab. Oklahoma, huge favorites to to win the Big 12. We don't need them to do that. We just need them to play in the title game. Minus 335. I've seen that minus 550 at other shops. Two best prices in the industry on those two futures. And you can parlay them for minus 127 to get a reasonable price. That is my first college football future, something that I am getting out there and something that I will be shocked if that does not move significantly over the course of
0: the summer, I like. The it. only thing I don't like about that is that that's a really long parlay for me. So you're not patient.
1: Um, I'll be, <laughs> I'll be just collecting massive piles of money on this in December, which is fine. I'll help with Christmas shopping, um, things of that nature. Booze for New Year's Eve. Yes, New Year's Eve. A trip out Booze to Vegas. Me. Who knows? A, lo- a lot of things that I could be doing with this money that Steve is too impatient to collect with me.
0: Yeah, Joe, <laughs> if the parlay doesn't end the same night, I'm not interested. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> we do need to get thoughts on thoughts on that cuz you mentioned like 6 point teasers and like you said maybe you like something and you want to do the, you know, the total in the game. I have no problem teasing something 6 points on Thursday and wrapping it up on Sunday afternoon. Too long.
2: Yeah, you know, two, two, uh, two, two different ways, two different types of sports betters, right? Some don't mind the long term type of investment. You know, it can be kind of fun to make these predictions uh, going into a season and watching them play out over the course of the season. It all depends how much money you typically bet to. If you're like a $20, $25 better, you know, do you really want to do a $25 win total on the Cleveland Browns and wait five and a half months to get your, you know, $20 back? Probably not. You know, that's not very interesting. But, you know, if you're out there a couple hundred dollars or if you're even more than that, absolutely. Yeah, I understand uh, that mentality for the, the long term investment.
1: So I plan to place more than $25 on uh, <laughs> well, and not so. lose <laughs> college football future. Uh, that I've provided the people with. Um, <laughs> all right, we covered a lot of ground there. Um, for Steve Buchanan, I'm Julian Edlow. This is the Unreasonable Odds podcast. And we want to thank Joe Osborne, who you absolutely should check out at JTFOZ on Twitter, sports betting analyst over at Odd Shark. Um, always keeping track of all those first quarters, first halves, first fives, and whatnot um and thrown out as you said what is it 25 and one six point teasers last year or whatever uh,
2: season i don't know if we will be able to carry that over to this
1: season but <laughs> absolutely, well, absolutely I, gotta I, try you gotta guarantee it another 26 and one <laughs> season <where we> <laughs> on the six point teasers um you heard it here first on unreasonable odds presented by DraftKings. thank you guys for all listening watching